Welcome to Money Grows on Trees. Money does grow on trees. A podcast full of practical, real-life money lessons that you wish you learned in school. Lloyd is a former lawyer turned lifestyle entrepreneur. In each episode, he'll be answering the tough questions around money, investing, and entrepreneurship to help you transform your money mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Lloyd Ross. All right, welcome back to the show, Money Grows on Trees podcast. My name's Lloyd Ross. This episode is called FTX, What Happened? Question mark. So if you haven't seen in the news, FTX, which is a digital currency exchange, <clears throat> has gone broke. Okay, it's gone belly up, bankrupt, um, and the founder of it has gone belly up too, losing about, I think it's about, the founder's name is Sam Bankman-Fried. That's his name. They're calling him SBF for short. So he, I think he lost about $34 billion. He, he He's about 30 years of age, young guy, um, built this uh, digital currency exchange, okay, then completely mismanaged it and lost everything. And what's fascinating is that it's it's in the cryptocurrency space but it's but it's more than that it's um it's not like yeah it, it's an, it's pretty gnarly so i wanted to come onto this episode and just explain to you what happened with this ftx saga so you know in simple terms so you understand it and also just give you a bit of an update again on cryptocurrency what i feel about it what i think about it and what my perspective and beliefs are on it so that you can hear directly from me what i think on it so <clears throat> Let's talk about FTX first, briefly. What happened? So, a bit of background. So, cryptocurrency comes out of nowhere, right? People start trading it for fiat gains, which is why I don't like it, because in in crypto world, there's this ideology that cryptocurrency will replace fiat currency, and it's decentralized, so it's not government-controlled, and it's this ideology of freedom and, and freedom from the government and yada, 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 right? But the thing is that... That because of that, um, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of criminals use it to do certain things, but it's an open book accounting uh, software effectively, so you can always track it. Uh, well, you know, Bitcoin and the big ones you can track. Uh, and I'm by no means an what was what I'd call an expert on cryptocurrency, but what's fascinating is that the ideology of it was is what's driving people's greed. Well. It's the story that people have been telling. But really what's fascinating about that is that uh, it left it unregulated, meaning that there are no regulations, no laws around it, anything like that. So, uh, and to, you know, they've only probably really just recently started taxing it um, because it's all brand new stuff, new technology, right? Anyway, so with FTX, what happens They that, that Sam creates this digital exchange, okay? Bitcoin goes through a massive bull market, Okay, it goes from ten thousand to sixty-four thousand. Of course, when that happens, the greed factor takes over. It's in a bubble. Everybody's wanting to get into crypto. It's everyone's. It's the talk of the town, which is perfectly the worst time to be involved in anything. And it sucks everyone in, right? Because of the greed, because everyone wants to get rich very fast. That's why they buy a lot of tickets. And that's what they saw in crypto. There's none of this ideology. It's going to replace currency. Oh, it's a hedge against inflation. It's going to replace fiat. It's uh, decentralized from the government, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it, you know, <laughs> all these things. I think all those things just got proven wrong in the last 12 months because A, it's not a hedge against inflation. In fact, it's the opposite. It's It's got anti-correlation. So it's actually, um, inflation goes up, Bitcoin goes down. 
okay, or crypto goes down rather, it's not going to replace fiat currency. Um, but hasn't been able to do that, hasn't dislodged it. And I think what's fascinating about this saga with FTX is now they're calling, the cryptocurrency crowd are calling for regulation from governments. So the very thing that they said that they were going to escape, which is government control, they're now asking for because they're not in it for the ideology. They don't care. They're in it for the cash. They're in it for the Lambos, right? Power. This They're in it for all the reasons why why it was attractive to people. So this is all, all a lot of hoo-ha. Anyway, um, I'll come to what I think about crypto at the end of this. But with FTX, what happened when that bull market happened in 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 a variety of different cryptocurrencies is a lot of people wanted to trade, right? So if you have your own wallet and your cryptocurrencies in your wallet, right, it's not you're not able to trade it. But once you put it into a trading platform like FTX, you can then trade it, right, with another uh, investor. I should say speculator, another gambler, for cash, right? So you can trade in your your your, your cryptocurrency for cash. You can trade it for other other coins. You know, there's it allows you to move the asset around in and get something in return, right? Similar to how a stockbroking platform works, okay, but it's for crypto, okay? So you put your crypto in there and then you can trade it and then you bring it out and so on, right? So what's fascinating about FTX is it became really well known because uh, it, it brought on a lot of um, celebrities to market it. It did a lot of quite, quite big deals. It was the, uh, the owner, Sam, he was basically the poster child for crypto. Um, but it was really big because a lot of celebrities and big money invested in the business, right? So FTX itself is a business. It's a brokerage house. It charges money for people buying and selling on its platform. Um, so it's a legit business and it, and it falls under the business rules and legislation and laws of the United States and whatever state that it's in. So it still is governed in that respect. But because it's trading in crypto, there's not a lot of regulation around crypto. It was kind of like hidden. Like people, the SEC and the and, and so on, or the FTC, I think it's the SEC. The SEC wouldn't have investigated. Like they just let it run because there is no real regulation around this particular asset class. So what happened in that, if that's the case, is what Sam and these guys did is they ran it with no controls. So they basically had no so they, they had no audits going on. There was no in, in, uh, independent auditor because normally a, a brokerage house has to disclose its assets, its liabilities, what it's done with the money from people putting their money into the exchange and the transactions. And all of that is audited by an independent, independent financial auditor, okay? Probably four times a year. Now, that's company legislation and, and legalities that happen in the United States. So, but for whatever reason, it wasn't audited <laughs> And they were taking money and they're doing all sorts of stuff with it. Okay, so there was no, it was like, uh, here's the keys to the liquor cabinet, kids. Go, go, go for your life. You know, what's going to happen to that is it's going to be a bad outcome. So, what happened to FTX is, as I understand it, remember, I'm not an ex, I'm not, I wasn't there, but as I understand it, is they created a specific coin for themselves. This is where it gets a bit Ponzi, Ponzi schemey. Um, they created their own coin called FTT, I think it was called. And, they started moving some of that, or, or there was a like an offsider company, um, and that he owned. Okay, I think it, it was him or his girlfriend owned, and they. It was called Alameda. I think it's Alameda. I don't know how you pronounce it. Alameda, um, and it held this particular FTT coin. A lot of it. 
right? And that was a lot of the assets on FTX's balance sheet was this particular coin. So it had a high exposure to this FTT token. And so what happened was it got leaked somehow in one of the cryptocurrency media outlets that FTX had big exposure with this FTT token. A lot of its assets were held in this token. And what happened was there was a guy who owns Binance, I think it's called Binance. He heard about it and he was he held a lot of this FTT coin, right? So he's like, I'm selling, and he announced it. His name is, uh, he's the CEO of Binance. I think it's Zhao or something like that. He's got a funny name. But he announced uh, early November that he was going to sell all his FTT tokens, this token that FTX had a lot of exposure to in this other company, off-siding company. And when that happened, all the FTT, the demand dropped. It got oversupplied. The value of FTT dropped. And so what happened was, a lot of FTX, uh, FTX customers started to withdraw their funds, cash and cryptocurrency from the platform, okay? And when that happens, what what actually is a result of, when that happens and customers are removing their assets, whether it be cash or crypto or other coins or whatever it is, from the from the exchange or from the, from the account, from the trading account, the, it basically sucks all of the assets out of the company's balance sheet. It's like a bank run. So like if a bank was in trouble, all of the customers would go and take their cash out of the bank. And this happened, bank runs were were big uh, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, before regulation came and, and, and prevented them from happening. Um, but they were certainly big things. You know, bank runs were bad because if, if someone goes into the bank and takes all their money out and the bank's got no liquidity left, basically, they can't make loans. They can't do anything. They basically go broke. And that's definitely what you want to avoid. And that's why during financial crises, um, governments typically print money because they don't want bank runs to happen. But there's a couple, two things that happen in the banking regulation, in the banking arena, that prevent bank runs. Number one is governments typically guarantee deposits of up to $250,000, no matter what happens. Like I know that happens in Australia. They guarantee... That 250,000 of your money is safe in it. So you, you can hold 250 grand in your bank account in Australia and it's fully safe. Even if the bank went broke, it's guaranteed by the government to pay the money. Okay. But over and above that, it, it's not safe. So 250,000 cash is probably all you'd want to hold at any one point in time. Although I know a lot of people that have, I know one guy who's got 600 million on interest bearing deposit somewhere in Australia. So it's it's very safe in, in our country, uh, banking. So that's the first thing they do is they guarantee deposits. The second thing they do to prevent bank runs in the banking industry is they have these things. APRA, who's the regulator of banks, they've got this requirement of banks to hold a certain amount of capital in reserves for uncertain times. Okay, so quite a bit of their capital. It's it's quite a bit. I think it's twelve percent. It's a lot, and that ha those particular measures came in after the GFC, and they increased them because they're really making sure that nothing happens in the banking sector because that would be bad. But FTX is not a bank. It's a brokerage house and it's in, a, in an unregulated asset class or sector. So it doesn't have any of this stuff. So of course, what happens when people freak out and the, and the value of FTT token falls and people are freaking out about FTX's liquidity, um, it, it doesn't have money, oh my God, my cryptocurrency is going to disappear or they're going to take it or they won't be able to give me cash if I try and sell it, right? So the liquidity problems arise in FTX thinking, oh my God, all the people are taking our coins out and all their money out, we're in trouble here. And that's exactly what happened. So there was a bank run, you could call it, on FTX and billions poured out of the platform, billions, right? 
And so what happened at that point was that uh, the company couldn't do anything and it effectively went broke, right? It, it Before it went broke though, it started freezing people's accounts. It started freezing people's accounts. So you go to get your money out or your coin out and it's frozen and you can't, and then the bank, the, the company goes bankrupt and all its creditors are owed money and it's now being investigated at the highest level. And it's they, they, they say that the because the firm was never audited, right? They said that it's an unprecedented corporate failure in America, worse than Enron. They reckon there's all sorts of shenanigans going on, all sorts of um, really bad behavior, uh, no risk controls, no auditing committee, nothing. Just a bunch of kids running around just doing what they want with the money, with other people's money. And yeah, that, there's been some really crazy one-liners saying that it's the worst failure in corporate history. Like it's huge. It is massive. What's interesting about it is that it's it's um, it's causing a lot of other crypto exchanges to go broke. So it's like a house of cards, okay? Because there's a lot of uh, uncertainty around is my money or coin safe in a particular exchange? And people are saying, well, you know, I'm just going to take it out. So it's causing this domino effect of liquidity issues in all these exchanges, which is obviously creating either people are getting their stuff frozen or they're just losing money, right? Uh, but the company's going broke. That's happening all around, right? In Australia, people are hit by it. So it's a global thing. But what's really fascinating is it's not upending the financial uh the economy it's not it's not actually causing a massive problem a systemic problem in our financial sector it's not it's not like a lehman brothers moment where the bank literally collapses uh it's not like that it's it's contained because crypto is not a big component of the of the financial uh world so that's a good thing so it's kind of self-regulated uh self uh i could, could say self-contained i suppose and what's fascinating is i wouldn't it, it's it's kind of like the market will regulate itself in that respect by just making everything go broke. Um, so it's this watershed moment for crypto where people are like, oh crap, this thing is actually quite risky. I didn't realize. Not only is it risky to, in the fact that I don't know where the price is going to go, which is why I don't like crypto because I can't value it because it doesn't produce cash flows. But even the the exchanges where I'm supposed to put it to try and make fiat currency gains, which is what really people want it for, is uh, it's not safe there. So what am I going to do with it? Just leave it in my, my wallet? Like what's it lost all of its functionality and utility for making fast fiat gains because people now can't safely trade it. So it's just fascinating what's coming out from crypto. I did a, a podcast episode way back. Might have been a year ago, actually. I did a, a podcast episode a year ago, maybe longer than a year ago. If you go back to the episodes, it's called The Crypto Craze, and I absolutely hammer cryptocurrency. If you go back and listen, I would have picked it, worst time to invest, and it's just gone backwards since then from 64000 down to you know 16, whatever it is now. And... Most people have lost money in crypto because they just don't know what it's worth. They don't know if it's fallen now, it's got further to fall. It's like people going, oh, 25K, they're like, oh, it's the bottom, and they're wrong. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot pick the bottom of anything, but you can buy assets when they're undervalued, when they're producing cash flow, because you can buy great bargains of cash gushes, cash producers, for really cheap when you know what they're worth, and they've got physical assets. But crypto itself... It's like trying to invest in fiat currency. You just can't do it. Like it's just not worth anything. So I think that that story is coming to an end. Um, and these these brokerage houses, FTX and so on, um, I mean, a lot of celebrities are getting in trouble for them. They they were touting it. They were they were publicising it, promoting these this exchange. So they're in trouble now, getting sued because they're promoting things they didn't understand. They're for a quick buck. It gets it all for the dollar and all that sort of jazz. 
it's just it look at the crowd that it attracts it just attracts gam it's a gambling crowd it's not a intelligent thoughtful logical rational crowd of people it's people fast gains the lotto crowd which is the vast majority of most people because they don't have financial iq a high financial iq so uh i don't know what's in store for this fella sam but he's in a lot of trouble they just locked up uh elizabeth what's her last name i forget she she was running a a, a fraudulent um i guess health technology company and she just got sentenced to 11 years <laughs> And she lost a lot of people's money. So this guy's probably going to jail for a long time too. This is bad. This is up there with Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme. It's Ponzi. It's not good. It, it looks like a bit of a Ponzi setup. So we'll see it all come out in the wash. But I think it's a great, well, it's not a great lesson. I mean, it, it's a valuable lesson for people if they've lost money. At least they've learned the lesson. But what's fascinating is why would you, why would you put your hard-earned money into something so uncertain? It just is so, like, Look at how all the people have made money in the world. Look at them. Consistently, I mean. Like over over a number of decades. Real estate and stocks and their own personal private business. That's it. Why the heck would you play outside anywhere else? You don't have to. Why, why, that's it. Stay inside that circle of competence. The best thing you can do to, with crypto is just say no. Just say no, I don't do crypto. Just forget about it. Why? Why? Why would you get good? Why would you even want to get good, whatever that means, at the wrong game? Right? <laughs> uh, what does Charlie Munger say? Um, oh, I forget what he says. He said, just because you can trade turds doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's bizarre. Look, if you're an intelligent investor, you understand cash assets and you understand financial independence and financial freedom comes from cash flow, predictable, boring cash flow from assets that have stood the test of time, like stocks and real estate, uh, index funds, things like that, that are regulated effective um you will think this crypto thing is just an absolute joke and i do too but it's you cannot kind of explain certain financial concepts to people that aren't ready and open to learn and it's not that i don't understand or like the blockchain technology open book accounting uh tokenization of things which i think is really clever and it's going to be great technology just like what the internet is great technology but i don't buy the internet same as I don't buy crypto. Like, you can't buy the technology. Uh, I think there's some wonderful contract technology around Ethereum. It's wonderful, great. But if from an investment standpoint of things going up and down in value, it's completely unpredictable. It's uncertain. It's unproven. It's very risky. And it's not a good place to park my, my money long term. It's not a game I want to get good at. I want to get good at games like that Warren Buffett plays and that Charlie Munger plays and that, you know... Um, Jeff Bezos plays and, and Elon plays. I mean, get into businesses. I mean, this is the the game of wealth. And John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie from the Gilded Age, those guys worth hundreds of millions of dollars, um, the wealthiest guys on the planet, they made their fortunes from businesses in oil and coal and oh sorry, steel and rail, like Vanderbilt's made it out of out of out of uh, boats and rail. I mean, you make your wealth through business, right? And you also, which is buying stocks too, that's their businesses. Buying or selling businesses, starting businesses and doing what Elon's doing and becoming entrepreneurial, that's how you make money. And you, and you can buy real estate like Grand Cardone and you can, real estate's a great way to protect your wealth because it's, it's, what does Warren say? He says, it's a good way to protect your wealth but not, not the best way to, um, to make the money. So, and, and you can do both because you can leverage real estate. Um, people often think that I don't like real estate. I do, I love it. I just don't like overpaying for it. I like to get good deals. And I don't like the cash. It's not a great cash flow vehicle. 
uh, especially if it's leveraged. But I do lo- I like it. I think it's safe, it's sensible. Um, and obviously, I love stocks and index funds, you know, which is a group of stocks because they're businesses at the end of the day. I love businesses, investing in businesses. You know, they're the most productive assets, especially during inflation. They give the greatest gains. They, yeah, that, that, that's, what, that's the game I want to get good at. I don't want to get good at a crypto game. And I don't have to. So why the heck would I bother? You don't have to play every game. What does my friend say? He says, Lloyd, you don't have to dance at every wedding. Well, he actually said to me, Lloyd, you can't dance at every wedding. And people out there trying to dance at every flipping wedding. Like, I'm so glad I just, just don't even bother with crypto. Who can be bothered with this rubbish? Like, who could be bothered to worry about their coin being safe or blah, blah, blah? And they say to me, Lloyd, but what about your cash? Your cash is not safe in a bank because there could be a bank run. Well, number one, I don't hold any more over than 250000 in cash at the bank because of the government guarantees. And number two, why the heck would I want to hold cash? What a shitty investment. Sorry, I don't swear on this one. What a terrible investment that is. Cash goes down in value every single year. You've got to be, you got to have rocks in your head to just want to build cash. That's dumb. I want to buy pieces of good businesses and shares, invest in my own businesses and myself, or buy real estate assets. That's it. That's all I want to do. I think that's an, that's an effective use of my cash and a, say, and a sensible. And that's, that's why I don't hold a lot of cash. Because why? Why would I invest in cash? That's like investing in crypto. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just stupid. It doesn't do anything. Productive, predictable, cash positive, legacy, long-term, unchanging, predictable assets. This is the game of wealth ladies and gentlemen, okay? So hopefully, if you've learned anything from my podcast, it's work to generate, you know, your core income, start some sort of side hustle or business to generate more income, take it and diversify it into other businesses or real estate and scale it consistently by doing the loop over and over again and avoiding stupid stuff like this, right? So hopefully that's giving you a bit of an update or or a bit of a summary of the FTX saga. it's very basic, I know. If you want to read more, I'm sure you can find the news, but that's kind of what happened, and I dare say that it's going to be some interesting things coming out of this. But uh, hey, all the money grows on trees, subscribers and listeners. You didn't, you guys wouldn't have been touched by this because you know you know better. So uh, well done. Congratulations on avoiding the drama of this whole thing. But uh, at least you know a little bit about it, so you can talk to your friends at a barbecue if they bring it up. You've got a bit of an idea. All right, awesome. Thanks, everyone, for sharing the uh, episodes to their stories. Appreciate you all. If you want me to do a particular episode, feel free to always DM me on Instagram. I'm really approachable. You can just DM me and say, Lloyd, can you do an episode on this? And I'll do it, right? Um, I want to make sure I'm serving you and giving you value around the areas you need. And don't forget to binge watch the podcast. There's over 100 episodes now, I think, covering all parts of money, investing, entrepreneurship, uh, and, and teaching you things you wished you learned in school about money. So look forward to um, see you in our Telegram channel in the Facebook group where I'm doing two, a live a week now. And of course, jump into our YouTube channel. There's always usually one a week coming in there. And uh, I'll see you guys at a live event on one of my masterclasses or in the next episode of Money Grows on Trees podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on the Money Grows on Trees podcast. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, Money Grows on Trees, which you can find at LloydJRoss.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a review, and feel free to reach out to Lloyd on Instagram at LloydJamesRoss. 